Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight, and this is the 100th episode. Insert... There we go. Insert fireworks and air horn things. And yeah, we're very excited to have gotten to uh, a landmark that I didn't think at one point in time we would ever get to. It's weird. We got to episode 50, and I was like, wow, that took a long time. Episode 100 took a lot shorter to get to. I don't know how that worked. Um, but I'm excited today to be doing something completely unrelated to the main conversation we're having on Saturday. So that's why this episode's coming out on a Tuesday. And in order to have Oops. this, and in order to have this uh, landmark episode, you know, brought in the guy who has been on other episodes. I don't know if there are any landmark <laughs> ones, but he was on other episodes. Joshua <laughs> Knoll of the whole church and systematic geekology. Josh, welcome back. What's going on, Brandon? I uh, I think this also is going to be up as a, as a bonus on Hold Church to convince all of you Hold Church crowd to uh, make sure that you hear this. And you're like, man, why aren't I hearing even more of this guy? And uh, go follow my seminary life. It's really important. And, you know, we, we did a similar thing where it, it definitely took us a lot longer to get to 50 than 100. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'll have to oh. see... If 150 takes a while to get to. Yeah, I, I think for us, it was like at the beginning, it felt easier to take breaks somehow where it was like life and stuff would come up and like, OK, well, we're sure. just going to take like a month off. And now it's like we don't we don't really do that. Nah, yeah. you also have a lot of friends now that you can when it looks like you're going to miss a guest spot. You can yeah, be like, hey, plug somebody in. <laughs> hey, so and so. Can you come talk about a thing, please? Yeah, that's the nice thing about not having podcasts named after yourself. You know, like, you know, yeah. a lot of people do that, but it's like, if this was the Josh Knoll podcast, I couldn't just randomly be like, hey, David, I'm not going to be up at eight o'clock and this guy only wants to record at eight. So you and TJ are doing this. this right, week. right. <laughs> the Joshua Knowles, Knoll show featuring everyone but Josh. It's also yeah. why I don't have the show He's named asleep. after myself. <laughs> yeah. That way, when I finally start seminary, I, I can be a regular occurring. <laughs> right. Where's Peace, that yeah. at for you right now? I, what's funny is, is part of my process with this is part of what we're going to talk about today, I think. Okay. All right. <laughs> but I, um, the problem is it's not like the main path forward for me. The main thing is going to like law school, but I would mm -hmm. like to find a place that did both degrees. I know Duke does that. They have like a hybrid yeah, law and ministry yeah. thing. Yeah. Isn't that what, uh, but, Caitlin Shez from the Holy Post? I think that's what. Oh, is she also said. doing law? I think so. Yeah. You know, somehow I, so. I completely missed that. She's going to be on Whole Church in like June. What? Right? Yeah. I was just like, let me just message you. That's <laughs> just worked great. out. Yeah. That's great. I'm pretty excited about it. With the Holy Post, you come for Phil Vischer, you stay for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Caitlin Shess, she, so she, the one book she wrote that was like the Liturgy of Politics. Yeah. That was one of those like fundamental building blocks for how I view things in the world today. Really? Okay. So yeah, like, like just the, the, when it came out, just happened to be just like the right time when I was, I hate using the word deconstruction anymore, but I, mm -hmm. I guess maybe that's what you'd call that. Um, okay. But yeah, it just happened to be, and she's releasing a new book in August. Right. Yeah. 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 So we're going to get to record with her right before that book comes out. So that's going to be pretty, that's pretty cool. cool. That's cool. I have not read her first book. It's on my never ending list of books that <laughs> I would like to yeah. read. Um, but yeah, I've always found her her insights on the show enjoyable. Yeah. You know, that's this is this is just random and maybe dumb. But that's part of what I worry about if I ever did something like like seminary or um, whenever I do. I'm going to do grad school of some sort if I want to do legal stuff. Sure. Yeah. Is I found that when I'm in school. And this is going to sound so dumb to people. I feel like I learned so much less. And it's because I'm like, these are the books you have to read. And it ends up keeping me from reading the long list of books I want to read. Yes. And it's like when you have to read a thing, it's like some of the stuff I already know. So, but I still have to read it because it's homework or some of it's right. like, I just don't care. So I don't retain it. And I know that sounds terrible, but it's yeah. like, I mean, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I had to read all of Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem for Systematic Theology 1 and 2. I do not remember all of it. <laughs> so, yeah, my my first go-round with school, before I ended up having to drop out for several different things, I had to take Systematic Theology, 
and I had to do the chapters of the book. I didn't remember at all. I was like, this was awful. But then I had like a four or five year gap where I just wasn't doing college at all. And like sometime after my accident, when I was just like at home, not really able to move much, I just read the whole thing for fun. And I loved it. Wow, really? <laughs> and I ended up like, I ended up getting a list of the books for classes. Yeah. So after that, I ended up where I, um, I went through Wheaton, like the degree I would like to get if I went to a seminary at Wheaton College at that point, okay. which isn't okay. where I want to go now. That's where I want to go at that point. And oh. I found all of the list of the books for all the classes that I would need if I did it. And I just nice. read all of them for fun. <laughs> there you go. And, and I, I learned a lot that way. And it was funny because I beat myself up a lot about how like I'm still not, you know, as smart as someone who actually went and got the doctorate, all that stuff, you know, whatever, until... Oddly enough, we did a podcast with Pete Inns, and he more oh, or less, yeah. and you know, Pete Inns is like doctorate of a bunch of different stuff, contributes to a lot of the different translations of the Bible out there, all that. Sure. Very progressive minded, but that's beside the point. Right. And he straight up said on our podcast where he was like, yeah, you know, really, you could just look up these books and read them. And that's just as good as going to school if you don't need the letters behind for any reason. And I'm like, mm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally <laughs> agree with that. <laughs> I'm like, man. Yeah. The problem is uh, to do anything with it. You do need those letters behind your name. Yeah, you do need some letters. And I guess that takes us to what we're here to talk about today. Of Funnily what enough. Do you, yeah. What do you do when you don't have those letters? What do you do? When you want to be in ministry, but there are obstacles keeping you from it. Specifically, you had a specific example in mind. Would you like to tell us about it? Yeah. So the reason I had this thought for a, for a topic for us to do specifically yes. <laughs> was um, as I'm looking for different places that have the dual degree of law and seminary, that kind of stuff. I find that most seminaries want some kind of letter of recommendation or something from your home church. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, but how many people are like part of a home church or don't actually have like a denomination they're associated with or want to do ministry, mm -hmm. but went through church hurt? I mean, how, the mm -hmm. whole evangelical movement is still pretty relevant, honestly. Sure. And I'm like, man, this is, um, and where I'm at right now, I left one church and am finding where I need to be at. And I don't think that makes me any less spiritually qualified or anything. It's just kind of a, mm -hmm. I know I'm leaning more Lutheran right now. I'm still figuring out what that looks like for me. Mm -hmm. seems like that's a pretty lame reason to not be able to go forward in education. Sure. Sure. Now, so, there are schools that don't require it. And that just happens the one I want to go to doesn't require it, but I still think it's a good, good topic. It is. It is a good topic. And I, I did a little bit of research this morning as I was, um, as I had time uh, between watching baby Einstein's and folding laundry. Is, <laughs> uh, yeah. So where are these requirements at? And, uh, I don't remember. It was two years ago when I started seminary. I know I had to turn in two letters. I yeah. don't remember if one of them was a pastoral recommendation or not. Um, but I, I looked on the website and it was you had to like reapply to get to that part. And I was like, okay, well, forget. It. I'm not going to reapply. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, this is an interesting scenario you have presented because it is it is legitimate. It's a legitimate, like, okay, so what do you do if you're between churches? What do you do if you're part of a house church? What do you do if you're experiencing church or evangelical? Like, how do you navigate this part of now you want to go to seminary and you have a lack of a pastoral reference? Yeah. So what do you think? Well, what do you think, just to get this started? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build it up a little bit more, too. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a character, and maybe someone listening is this character. In which case, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but I think this is pretty common these days of people relatively our age, the age that you would typically go to seminary or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Who have been discontent with how some of the more extreme right side of the evangelical church has been conducting itself, as okay. far as like in politics towards you know the LGBT community, whatever discontented with that attitude but still mostly agrees with theological points but because they're not okay with being so hateful towards the democratic party or whatever else mm -hmm. they're not able to have a home church or really be plugged in and in ministry in that way mm -hmm. but also it's not like they can just go down the road to a progressive church because they still believe certain theological points that won't agree with them yeah 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 and that's a pretty common space for people these days 
I think so. Yeah. Um, and you're right. You know, depending on the seminary, there are certain ones that are very, that very right leaning mm-hmm. type of mindset and our generation, or even uh, the generation just behind us, Gen Z, who is in college now, they're of college age, which means they're very soon getting into grad school. Yeah, kids they, all grown up. Right. <laughs> they uh, they don't want to associate with institutions that do not value things like social justice or uh, critical race theory or um, the LGBTQ plus community. So there is going to be there. There's very well could be a big fallout in students here in yeah, the next well, coming years. So you never know. It's hard to tell. Yeah. And then we can make the problem more complicated because Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, you know what this character that we're describing also can't do. They can't raise the money through all these same, you know, things that the other churches do to raise money to do a new church plant because you have to have that degree. You have to have those letters. You have to have whatever. Well, so, Forget about even that part. Yeah. So it's like you can't, you don't have a home church. You can't start your own church. Right. Well, even forget about that. You might not even have the money for tuition. Yeah, true. If, if the letter, if the letter of recommendation from your pastor doesn't trip you up, the next possible thing that could trip you up would be tuition because it oh, yeah. is quite yeah. expensive. Yeah. And a lot of seminary, like you can get uh, scholarships from a denomination that you're a part of. Yeah, man, this uh, this guy just keeps getting further, further out of luck, you know, like I mean, best case scenario, this guy goes to a Southern Baptist church because then you can go to Boys College or Southern Seminary for I think it's like half. It's it's their tuition. There's a major discount on the tuition if you're a part yeah. of a Southern Baptist convention church. But then you have to be down with all the the then you have all that hey, other stuff civil, we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> You can't like women or LGBT you can't people. Like women. Or... <laughs> you also have to like women. It's really complicated. <laughs> Six of one, half a dozen the other. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, I guess part of this scenario, trying to simplify this a little bit, is <laughs> going back to this uh, thought of what do you mean by ministry? Are we talking about mm. doing ministry or are we talking about professional ministry? Because I would say those are two different things, and there's two different ways to handle that situation. I think. yeah, and that's um, I, I think part of what you're getting at is actually where you see a lot of this, which it's it's interesting because I don't I would consider myself pretty pretty middle of the road. I wouldn't consider myself progressive by any means, but you'll see a lot of the the people we're talking about who are more progressive but aren't a part of those churches have a really large online community, podcast community, mm-hmm. go to these mm-hmm. conventions together. And that's awesome. That's definitely a form of ministry, mm-hmm. but I still feel it, it still prohibits certain things as far as wanting to do the civil rights things and being able to organize together. Mm, it, it's harder to do that without some kind of official thing behind you. Some type of official thing behind you. Yeah, that that sounded really intelligent, didn't it? <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, you're right. There are. I mean, we know of some of these uh, shows and podcasts with people very large platforms super sized beyond what i have at msl maybe even bigger than whole church i know you guys are quite popular (laughs) oh no definitely Um, bigger (laughs) um and they are able to do a form of ministry um but maybe some of these more activist forms of ministry not so much but to have a platform to teach to have a platform for community to have a platform to teach community to um, explore new th- topics together. You do have that. Again, this just comes back to how are we defining ministry? Because if you want to yeah. be a professional, you got to figure out how to get your letters along yeah. with several other speed bumps <laughs> that have nothing to do with the Bible at all. Yeah. And some of these podcast communities we're talking about or online communities, I would even describe as church, which I know is a lot of people get mad because yeah, it's not really church if you're not meeting in person, whatever. Listen, if you're able to come together, disciple one another, um, build one another up in the word, give each other the meat of the thing and truly be there for one another, that's church. Yeah. <laughs> like if it's in the name of Christ, like that's church. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if a screen's in between you or not. That connection is what we're 
talking about. Right. And a lot of these communities have that. Even if I disagree with some of their theology and stuff, I can't look at it and go, that's not church. That's church. You know? Yeah. And yet there does still seem to be something missing that's hard to obtain. Like we get together once in a blue moon with your online community and it's awesome because you finally get to be together. And yeah, that's cool. I'm not demeaning that in any way, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like there is a need for this being able to meet regularly, being able to do things with some kind of professionalism in a way that's more organized that can get stuff done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I talked about it on one of the roundtable discussions over at whole church about how whatever route you choose, there are pros and cons and there's, it's almost like a value system of if you choose to go this route, you're going to take on certain responsibilities. Mm-hmm. If you go the house church route, you're going to have advantages <laughs> and disadvantages that other groups are going to have and are not going to have. If you go the mainline denominational or the mega church route or the, you know, the evangelical non-denominational route, like you're going to have pros and cons. And then you have this value system of how are you going to use your resources? How are you going to utilize your people and your resources? And, and it goes also for these more online community ministry kind of church parachurch things sorry <laughs> yeah i don't say things to be demeaning but because i lost lost yeah, myself i, I watched you do a wibbly wobbly tiny one kind of <laughs> yeah that's exactly how it, that's a good description it's sort of like a banana except it's not like that at all forget the banana <laughs> <laughs> forget the banana um yeah you know you have these pros and cons advantages and disadvantages this value system of how you're allocating your resources if you're gonna have a building you have to pay i almost said nipsco Mm -hmm. that's what we call power out here that's in (laughs) northwest indiana um you have to pay your power bill you have to pay for water you have to get the roof fixed you have to paint it you know if you're just having a home church you know overhead is a lot less and if you're having an online Mm -hmm. community how you get funding is completely different from how if you had a church or a house church scenario like it's all different yeah let me um i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of show some of the the dirty behind the scenes stuff for people then Uh-oh. <laughs> so I, I took a couple classes in church planning does not make me an expert but i learned a few things that i'm like man this is problematic <laughs> Okay. A lot of the places where you get money for church plants, especially if you're looking at non-denominational churches, are different organizations ran by the Southern Baptist Convention, which is why you have so many non-denominational churches that are basically Baptist churches, because you know Um, whose toes you tend not to step on? The people paying your bills. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's where you see a lot. And I don't say that's always the case. Sometimes... That's just what they believe, and that's just what they're cool getting their money from because that's what they believe. Yeah. Or they were at one point, and now they just took the Baptist out of the name. Yeah. And sometimes it's kind of like, I don't totally disagree with this, so I'll just avoid that topic. And that's what you get with some stuff. But yeah, that's that's where you're getting your money from is like mostly that. Or other denominations also do things, but largely Baptists do the most. Um, And when you're looking at church planning, that's how you're funding the thing. When you're looking at doing stuff with communities, and this is something from my own personal experience, there are some things you can just call a retirement home and be like, hey, I'm just going to come help you guys. Cool, whatever. But if you want to bring a group of people to do an event there, they want to know who's behind this. What organization are you with? Mm, Okay. And that's where it's really helpful to be like, oh, well, I'm part of, you know, this church or I'm part of this denomination Mm -hmm. and have Mm -hmm. some kind of backing. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this too, in a similar way uh, to your example there of, Once upon a time, I really thought we were going into an era of American Christianity where denominations were really going to start falling by the wayside, dying off. Um, I felt like that for a little while. And what was going to take its place was non-denominational multi-site churches. So you're not part of a denomination, air quote, per se, but you do go to this recognized church in this area that has 17 campuses you know what i mean but i think because now i think this is part of the fallout of covid and also just some of the fallout of the um 
seeker-sensitive church movement from the early 2000s is uh, the bubble has kind of burst on this. You may see that model mm-hmm. more in like bigger cities, like in Chicago, 40 minutes from me, we, there's a, several that have multiple campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're starting to see more and more independent churches, not independent fundamental Baptists, but just yeah. independent standalone churches or house churches. I think yeah. this might be since basically the beginning of all of this, that when house churches are really going to become more of a staple because millennials and especially (laughs) Gen Z really Mm -hmm. value community and being in the community. And I think the house church environment suits that a little bit better for our generation and the younger generation. And if that is the case, one, like you were just saying about your homeless or your uh, like retirement home scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't have that like recognizable denomination or big church to fall back on, that may pose some problems depending on the area that you're in. Um, but also that is going to create a scenario for seminaries and higher education institutions where they're going to have to change some things if they want to, let's just say the word, keep their clients coming in because seminaries are there to train up ministry leaders. Seminaries are there to create scholars to do more scholarly work. And they also have customers. That's part of the reason why tuition is so big. Like, yeah. So I think there's a few things contributing to a lot of this. Some of it was during COVID when we didn't have to physically go and we just met with our people to watch church. We realized, wait a minute, I actually get more out of just talking to this smaller group of people. Sure. I think that happened. Um, I also think some of the moving away from mega church stuff, and I still think that they are still relevant. They're going to stay relevant for a long time. Yeah. probably. Yeah. I think some of the moving away though, or some of like why it's not having the same kind of momentum that we think that it's going to completely take over is because of all the Mark Driscoll's and all of that kind of stuff where it came yeah. out and we realized now people are really distrusting of those megachurches. And it happened to happen at the same time where people become more distrusting of government and organizations and companies mm-hmm. and CEOs and everything. So it's kind of like, we're just naturally less trusting of things that are big. <laughs> we are, we are. Um, yeah. The, uh, I agree. I don't think the megachurch is ever going to go away. The megachurch is yeah. very American. I mean, obviously, they have big churches in other countries, but what we mean by mega church, it's very American. I don't think we're ever going to quite get rid of that. But I also agree of now that the Mark Driscoll's and the uh, everyone, James McDonald and everyone else. I was trying to think of his name. I just couldn't. (laughs) Bill Hybels. And now that all of this is starting to come out more and more, it's like this didn't work. Or did not work as well as we thought it was. Yeah. I think what you'll end up seeing, though, and this is where it's going to get annoying and end up people with a lot of the same situations. I think you're going to end up seeing where Southern Baptists are commissioning their own home churches and, you know, different denominations are oh, yeah. more or less doing it. And then it's going to be the same, same issue over again, unfortunately. <laughs> it will become a branding thing. You know how we have yeah. small groups, life groups, yeah. uh, crews, you know, it'll become a branding thing. Those things will become house churches. Yeah. Well, and, and it'll help the seminary because, you know, if we have all these home churches that we're sponsoring with like 15 people each, then obviously we need to train more pastors that need to pay for our seminary. Yeah. Maybe you found the loophole. Good job. Yay. <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh, yay. So yay. I'm going to, I'm going to bring us back a little bit because sure. this is just a, I think that's the dark dead end. <laughs> oh yes. But let's, let's step back. Let's go back to the character we're describing currently. Yeah. Who's having a hard time figuring out seminary, make his own church, how he can do the social justice stuff that he wants to do, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You kept asking, or you asked a couple of different times. So I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. what do we mean by ministry? What is ministry? The reason I ask that is because so ministry, I would say, is caring for people. We could probably flush that out more, but I think that's a good baseline starting point is ministry is caring for people uh, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically. I would I would kind of categorize that all together as, you know, that is ministry. Why I was asking that is because to become a professional ministry person, there are a lot of bumps in the road. 
But if you just want to do ministry, just do it. Not to sound like Shia LaBeouf, but just like go out there and care for people. Go out there and get involved. I know part of this scenario was like you're in between churches. But if if the if the issue is something else, if it's the tuition thing or it's just not the right time for you uh, or you are even between churches and you're trying to get connected in a church find ways to get plugged in. I know that's the really churchy answer, but if your heart is first for ministry and then the, I can turn this into a job, then just go out there and do it. Yeah. I have found some of the places that I've, I'm going to use some weird wordage for this. And I, I trust our listeners to know what I mean. Some of the places I've seen the most church happen have been at fast food places mm. because, and and mind you, not because of some of the, annoying rhetoric I got fed growing up of if you tell them that you can't stand cussing and you can't stand drunk drinking and you can't stand everything about their life, then they'll know you're different. No. Right. Because I went to these places and people did stuff that would make me mad or everybody else mad. And I was slow to anger, you know, mm. that I had peace mm -hmm. beyond understanding because I kept joy about me and people wanted to know how, why, why do you believe in God and this, or they'd get thrown off because I'm like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think having a beer is a sin. And they're like, Wait a minute, Wait, but what? you said you're Christian. <laughs> and I'm like, right. cool. I, I mean, we can all go to the bar. I, I might not right. even drink, but there's no problem with that, actually. And those kind of things are when people start asking questions. And that's yeah. when you're able to have these really deep conversations that at that point in my life, I wasn't able to have at the church I was going to because you kind of had to put on a face to be there, you know? Yeah. And I had a similar experience when I was in retail. Um, my friend never got saved, but in the time we were together and just working together and having conversations about life and faith and politics. And also he had someone else in his life, like in his like social life outside of work. That was also a similar Christian in style to me. He moved from like an atheist to an agnostic type of position of just like, I don't believe in a God to, I can accept the fact that maybe there is. Um, yeah. And I, I know, I know the end goal is to get everybody saved, but I, I was happy with that. I was happy that God put me in this situation where for several years I could pour into this person and they could at least, if anything, be reassured that not all Christians are jerks. Cause I think that's <laughs> nine tenths of the battle sometime is that we're all not all yeah. sticks in the mud. Yeah. Most of the, my deepest conversations with people in fast food or retail or whatever have been just when they realized that I was a Christian and also not a jerk. <laughs> right. And they wanted to know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, man, I, I had a few, few really good conversations like this. Um, one with the guy, and this, this was one of my favorite, like deep conversations like this. Someone who was adamantly so atheist that he, he would say that he was a Satanist even. Um, wow. And, and, I, I know an odd amount about Satanism. There's two different types of Satanism. I, if some, cool. at some point we want to have a deep conversation about that, we can, but I will keep that in mind for a future right Halloween now. episode. <laughs> sure. That'd be fun. Yeah, um, go on. But, but his type was more of the, the Satanism that's basically atheism and just kind okay. of mocking religion is really all it is. Okay. Um, and yeah, but that's besides the point. So that, that's just sort of where he was at. And, we were listening to a passenger song whisper and it talks about all the loud noise of the world and all this stuff. And it's like, and I hear all this stuff and people keep telling me what to do and I still don't know what to do. And I feel like I need to have my life together and I don't have my life together. And then in the song, he goes, all I hear is all this noise, but all I need is a whisper. That's not mm. the exact line, but it's something like that. But he says, all I need is a whisper. And it's mm. this, this powerful moment in the song and he starts talking to me. He's like, that's how I feel. Like, I so relate to this song. And it's not a Christian song. It's why we're able to have this conversation. If sure. it had been a Christian song, he would have avoided this conversation. Sure. And I can tell you, I had to fight the temptation to be like, well, there's a still small voice and quote the Bible. You know, <laughs> I, had to, I had to fight that. And I'm like, straight actually, for yeah. the jugular. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the uh, the whisper is love because it's often not as loud as other things. It's often a little bit mm. more um, tender and peaceful. And that's why I believe in Christianity is because I believe in the God that is love. Yeah. And we're able to have that conversation that I wouldn't be able to have if I was listening to Christian music and trying to shove it down everybody's throats at work. I wouldn't have been able to have if I had been the guy who's like, oh, how dare you cussing? Oh, you're a Satanist. I want nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to have any of that. Yeah. And that's genuine ministry. A lot more than what you typically get at church, honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah. That said, uh, the the phrase that I am tired of hearing the most in Christian podcasting, that's authentic conversation right there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how you get real churches with real authentic conversation. Um, sorry, if you can hear both my puppy and his baby in the background. And the baby monitor yeah. just started beeping. Oh, do you need to go check that? <laughs> no, it's the monitor telling me it's dying. We will have a funeral. Anyway, Satanist. No. Yeah. So that that's a genuine form of ministry that anybody can just do these things. I actually mm. worked at one of the guys that worked at, at Domino's started working there because he realized he was part of a church, but he wasn't actually talking to people in the community and he didn't know how to talk to people in the community. So he just got a part time job at Domino's. Nice. And it worked. He was Good. able to do real genuine ministry that way. I was like, hey, cool, man. That's cool. Um, but there is also still, <laughs> if you want to do some of the stuff that needs an organization and stuff behind it, Mm-hmm. here's my best take that I can think of a mm-hmm. yes, there are pl- there are similes. There are things you can find that get the letters without yeah. having to have that letter and all that you can find them. They might not be the, as prestigious as like Duke university or Wheaton. Honestly, here's the secret to all the college. It literally does not matter. Also Duke and Wheaton are two on two different oh, yeah, very, platforms. Yeah. yeah. Like but they're, they're both they're, I, recognized pretty prestigiously, but from different yeah, groups. <laughs> yeah, and even at that, this whole notion that Wheaton is the Ivy League of Christian education is maybe it's just because I'm not far from it, but still, like, <laughs> I just say Wheaton because a lot of the people that I really like came from Wheaton. And I'm just like, it must that's be a I cool place. <laughs> honestly, that's how I feel about Dallas Theological Seminary. I'd like to yeah, do some I'm studying. To like, there I'm kind of torn about it because I'm like, man, I know that it's like. Southern Baptist, but also some pretty cool people come. They've turned out some good, some good <laughs> yeah. theologians. Yeah. And what's interesting is that even though churches or excuse me, even though seminaries do have these um, requirements of, Hey, we need you. We need an endorsement letter from your pastor. A lot of seminaries are trying to do things. Once you get in the door to give you some perks, Dallas, since we just brought it up, yeah. if you're working on a master's of theology, I found out, your last year is free tuition wise. That's crazy. That's 24 credits, which is eight classes. I think something yeah. crazy like that. Grace theological seminary where I'm doing my studying. They, they along with a few other seminaries are now starting to make it a bit available to master of art students like myself to eventually mm-hmm. do doctoral work in times past, very recent times past just within like the time I've been in, in seminary. That's a big change. It's been like masters of divinity students only can work on doctorate of ministries. I don't know. Uh, we brought up uh, Southern Seminary earlier. If you're part of the SBC, you get a big tuition cut oh, there. Yeah. Liberty University has anywhere between one and a million options on their online catalog. Like yeah. there, there are hoops to get through, but there's also perks, which I think makes it a little bit more like, okay, this is worth it in the long long run if I can get to this spot. Um, I'm going to word something a little bit weirdly, but trust me that I know a little bit of what I'm talking about on this particular point. Second time today. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you apply to a seminary that truly is chasing after the heart of God, those seminaries typically want to do everything they can to help you. They're going to find a way mm-hmm. to help you out somehow. Um, one of the places I'm looking at is is Palmer. If I did online everything, oh, okay. I could do part time there, part time law school online, and cool. Talking to people, man, they are so excited about the idea that I kind of want to go, and they're trying to figure out everything they can to help me there. And I'm like, hmm, really? That's awesome. Man, yeah. yeah, and that is something that a lot of Christian schools, in my opinion, do really well. Yes, they charge a lot, but also they want to help you. <laughs> they, yeah. they they do. They want to get you in. They want to help. I would also say going back to this, whether you're whether you're the ministry, I have so many thoughts about all of this, whether you're <laughs> in this to become a professional pastor, whatever, or you just want to do some ministry until it works out. Don't forget, there's a lot of free stuff online to capitalize on the gospel. Coal, it, granted, you're not going to get credit if you're if you're trying to come up <laughs> with ways to get some college credit, graduate credit. You might not get it, but the Gospel Coalition has several free courses. Bible Project has free courses now. Uh, Cedarville University is working on making their 
Bible Miner available online for free. Um, Moody Bible Institute offers courses that you can pay a small fee to take. And by small, I mean less than $100, less than 70 I think, for some of these. So slightly more expensive, but not as expensive as seminary. Oxford's seminary, you can literally just pay for some of their free, like not free, but some of their online classes that you can just take. Mm-hmm. And it gives you credits for doing it. So you have that official credit from taking whatever class at Oxford University. If you take like evangelicalism or evangelizing um, minority groups or something from mm-hmm. Oxford University, yeah, you don't have a degree. You have that credit still. That does mean something like that doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> Harvard does the same thing. They have a catalog of online courses that you can either take for free or pay a small fee and get Harvard credit yeah. for. You know, again, you're not working towards a degree, but you can get, you know, a, de- a course credit in rhetoric or world religions 101, like these different topics. Yeah. And a lot of churches do want to help, even if they don't agree with you. So this is the church unity rant, I guess. Um, Go for it. <laughs> if you reach out to a church, so let's say you're in this place there, you can't find a church that, that you're comfortable with because you don't want to be a part of a progressive church that disagrees with your theolo- theology. And I'm, yeah, I'm talking to a very specific group of people right now. I get that. But mm-hmm. I'm sure it applies to other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want to be a part of these churches that, that hate women and LGBT and all and are, you know, Democrats are all evil. <laughs> you know, you don't right. want to be part of that either. No. Let's say you're you're that guy that's in that spot. If you reach out to some of these, like a United Methodist Church near you, regardless of where it stands is and how much it disagrees with you on stuff, and you say, hey, I want to do this ministry work where we're helping the retirement home or we're helping the hungry in this area, they're going to want to join you and be a part of that. Like a lot of, not, not every United Methodist church, mind you, but mm-hmm. a, a lot of churches will work with you because they want to do good in the community. Mm-hmm. So reach out to them, do this work. And as the pastor gets to know you, even if y'all disagree and you don't attend their church necessarily, they still want to help mission work and real ministry. Mm-hmm. A lot of churches and this is hard for a lot of us who have gone through church hurt or different things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of churches are genuinely good and want to see God's heart in the world, whether or not they agree with your theology. Yeah, and also don't forget, a lot of those pastors have been in the in your boat. You know, yeah. Seminary may have been cheaper back then, but they have they've been rubbing two nickels together to get through seminary as well, and so the opportunity to help a younger minister get into seminary and not have to rub two nickels, but maybe two dimes, two quarters together to get through it. That's a way that they are giving back. You know, I know I keep coming at this from the seminary perspective. (laughs) I had a one one more thing I want to add. Go, go. Yeah. I also, and this is going to sound a little bit more technical, I guess, but less from the spiritual side, you're really intelligent pastors who actually did the work to go to these like hard degrees, whatever. If you sit there and talk to them and present your position and disagree with them and are trying to work with their church to do different things, they're going to respect that more than if you just pretend like you agree with all their things and sit along. They actually Mm. want people who are intelligently thinking about their faith. Yes. So intelligent pastors are also helpful. (laughs) Intelligent pastors. Find yourself an intelligent pastor. Yeah. <laughs> not not that not that I think all pastors like most pastors are dumb or anything. Like I think most pastors are intelligent, but I think you know what I mean. <laughs> I think so. I think I hope our listeners know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> One last bit of advice on this, and I'm gonna point this more towards the I wanna be a pastor when I grow up people. The people who Yeah, you know, you're doing this because you have to, people, the requirement people. Your identity is not in your degree. Okay? Okay. So the, re- the reason I say that is because when you're in this world of professional, institutional, evangelical Christianity, and you have all of these hoops that you have to jump through that are not in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say that you have to be 30 years old with five years of experience in a master's degree. All of those things will help you have you not Trust read Third me. Thessalonians? Right. Third Thessalonians. Uh, <laughs> Second Romans. Uh, all of those things will help you, but those aren't biblical things or biblical requirements, I should say. I have spent basically all of my 20s 
trying to get into professional ministry. And every time I check one of these boxes, another one shows up (laughs) that prevents me from being qualified for ministry. The fact that I'm getting a master's of arts is going to continue to disqualify me because it's not a master's of divinity in some cases. And so dumb. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It is. No, you're right. It is dumb. And so this is what I have to say to you, young theologian wanting to get into ministry. Do it for you. Mm-hmm. Not the ministry, maybe a little bit of the ministry, but the education. We yeah. need to cut this thinking that college and grad school and seminary and blah, blah, blah is for career advancement. That's a very American mm-hmm. mindset. That was the bill of, gold, bill of goods sold to us as millennials, why we justified taking out all the student loan debt that we're now drowning <laughs> in because we can't get the job because yep. reasons. You, we need to go back. I tr- this is this is a recent thing for me. Mm-hmm. It finally clicked, and I'm so much happier for it. We need to get to this more classical European English mindset when it comes to higher education. Of you do it for personal growth and your own personal development. So yeah, mm-hmm. getting a master's degree is going to help you professionally get into pastoral ministry or whatever other ones as well. But do it because you want to. Do it because of the love of God and getting to know God better in a more academic environment. Do it because you want to improve as a minister. Don't do it because some guy decided decades ago (laughs) without our consent, you have to have this degree in order to be a pastor. Do it for yourself. Once I graduate, which is soon, once (laughs) I graduate, anything else I do, because there are other things I would like to do academically. I like (laughs) school. Yeah. People think I should be a pastor. The older I get here at the end of my life, I truly think that I'm actually more bent to be a professor, a teacher. Um, I just happen to talk good. That's true. You should That's do a podcast. True. What? Anyway, <laughs> but once I graduate and the dust settles and I have some time away from school and I'm looking to maybe do something, I'm not doing anything for anybody else. I am doing things that I am interested in that or that I think will continue to develop me as a better minister. Two years of seminary, three years of college. In five years, I have taken zero counseling courses. In an era where mental health issues are at its all-time highest, even before Mm. the pandemic. Mm. Like, what's up with that? You want to give you another fun one just as a, just like a cool fun fact? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you know how like obesity is like the main thing killing people in America right now. Do you want to guess how many nutrition classes you have to take to to graduate from from Duke? How many? <laughs> as a as a as a doctor? As a doctor? Uh, yeah, none. None. There's like a there's like a the, la- the last I heard. This is mind you, I heard this a long time ago. A okay. couple years ago, not a long time ago, but a few years ago. Okay. Uh, they had to do like a a one-time nutrition seminary or something was on campus. Oh, like seminar thing? Yeah. And at most, most of your doctor programs require you to do like one nutrition class. I've taken most more nutrition classes than most doctors. It's great. Well great done. times for the world. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> and uh, you see how well it did me. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no. So so to your point, what, what's interesting is that's part of what what if I if I decide on Palmer, I don't know what I'm going to do. But if I do, that's part of what's drawing me. And it's even how they kind of sold me on it. They were like, you could take extra classes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're like, okay, but hear us out. You're a whole church. Uh, we have a class on the the um, the liturgical structure of the Methodist church and one of the Presbyterian church and one of the, and I'm like, mm-hmm. hold up. You have like all these denominations that are a part of you. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, and take man, <laughs> why are you doing this to me? Yeah. Like, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'm That's like, awesome. I do kind of want to do that. Um, also, also, and this is just more technical stuff, I guess. There are churches, to those of you who don't agree with any particular church's theology enough or posture enough that you want to be a part of them, there are mm-hmm. plenty of denominations, even the Southern Baptist technically, that have self-governing churches mm. that will, will allow you to start a church with them as long as there's not some major doctrinal disagreements yeah. You could just start and be like, hey, uh, we're going to be Southern Baptist, but we're we're not going to hate 
gay people or Democrats mm-hmm. or women. Or women. You you can do that, actually. Technically. It's true. It's true. And there's lots of other organizations and denominations that, that do stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure if Assemblies of God is self-governing, but I do know you don't need a degree to be an Assemblies of God pastor. I think they're self-governing, okay. but I'm not sure. No. I don't know either. Check it out. <laughs> we should Look it up yourself. There's this thing called Google. <laughs> Google it. Duck, duck, yeah. go. And do people still do that one? I don't know. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, man. Well, do you have any other thoughts on our hypothetical scenario? Have we done the conversation justice? I have one last bit of wisdom that right, came to me it. from an older pastor when I was first trying to figure out my ministry thing. And it's something that I keep going back to to bring myself comfort. And unfortunately, I've needed this comfort many times. Mm-hmm. When you're praying to God, trying to figure out your ministry, your life, all that kind of stuff, God typically does not light up your entire path and show you exactly what's going to happen. Typically, God kind of turns your headlights on and you're driving and you're going to see however far those headlights go ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Do that. If you see a left turn, make a left turn. I I think I agree with that. It's brought me so much peace over the years where I'm like, hey, that's right. I don't need to know what my end career or anything like that's going to be. What I know is right now I want to study this. This mm-hmm. college feels right. And I feel God drawing me here. And that's all I actually need to know right now. <laughs> I do think we at times as humans make the will of God, honestly, a little bit more complicated than it really needs to be trying to find mm-hmm. the will of God for our life. You know, I think sometimes yeah. we use that as an excuse for indecision. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm, this, I'm, this metaphor is good. It's a little passive, admittedly, but sometimes that is just life, you know? I'm going to expand his metaphor now because I just thought of something. Go for it. That was the problem with all of the ministers that passed the Samaritan. The, um, not the Samaritan wasn't the one in trouble. The, the good Samaritan helped who? It was just Insert like a, blank here. Israelite. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The good Samaritan. That's what he did. He saw what was right ahead of him. He needed to help this guy. So he did that. Mm-hmm. All the other ministers and people that went before him, the rich guy, all of that, they were too busy trying to figure out their entire path. They don't have time to stop here because they have this entire plan they need to do. And mm-hmm. I know I'm probably sounding very Eastern religion right now, but I think a lot of us need to learn how to do better at being in the present because yes. that's where God is. And we both love C.S. Lewis, so I'm going to do my favorite C.S. Lewis quote. <laughs> Um, I, and I, I might not get it completely right. They said gratitude's in the past. Love is in the present. Mind you, God is love. Love is in the present. Avarice, fear, lust, ambition, sin is what lies in the future. Mm-hmm. If you focus on the present and how can you love right now, you are with God. Okay. All right. And I think that is a good note to end things on. <laughs> because C.S. Lewis is always a good note to end That's things true. on. You know? Well, Or I, like a C minor. Ah, yeah, we're done. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the 100th episode special. It was long, which is good because specials should be long. You know, it's like when you get a like an oversized comic, Amazing Spider-Man 700. It's like 60 pages long. So good job. We went long. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts and feel free to recommend this show to a friend you might who might get something out of it. Headed to the description of this episode to find links to the My Seminary Life website and shop, along with links to the whole church and systematic geekology so you can hear all the unifying stuff josh is doing over there whether it's with (laughs) tj to unify churches or a whole bunch of other people to unify geeks and christian (laughs) culture uh josh those are available everywhere correct i think so do you have any quick plugs you would like to plug for whole church or sg yeah we're gonna be doing a convention (laughs) Woo! Yeah, the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Convention. I believe Brandon will be there. And keep going. Are you yeah. are you going to be there? Finish what you were going to say about the, that, and then I'll I'll say something. Okay. Well, I was going to say so for this 100th special episode. If you listeners use the code Whole W H O L E, you will get 40 percent off of the ticket price. So do that. Come so, hang out with us in Charlotte. In Charlotte. So here's the thing: we are recording this in 
January. Yes. This is coming out in March. Okay. Okay. They have time. As, like two months. <laughs> right. As of right now, I don't know if I have announced yet that I am going to be at the conference. I was going to do a, an announcement. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm fine with it being here, though. Part of the reason why I was going to make an announcement is because I'm going to need a little bit of financial help to get there. And I have a plan on how to make that happen. So this is all very weird and cryptic. And if I need Josh or myself to edit it out later, we this can. Is awesome. Or we can we just it leave this. it. And it's weird <laughs> and funny. I do like the meta moments of podcasting. Uh, but yeah, so yes, I have been invited to be a part of the every tribe denomination and tongue conference almost said podcast conference in charlotte north carolina either i have announced or will be announcing a way for you all to help me get out there with some perks and kickback for you all so either details to come or i will put those details in the description of this episode so you can help out yeah um, and I don't know if he's going to have a Patreon or not by this point. This is this is a lot of fun being really meta about this. But I'm also going to give yes. him a special code for 60% off that he could give to patrons or something else if people, people or something do it else. for him. Whatever he decides he wants you to do to get that extra we probably have code. A, we probably have a phone call coming at some point. Yeah. I'll yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all of that, great. all of that meta-ness aside, I'm very excited because I've always wanted to do conf. Well, I shouldn't say always. That's been the thing ever since I got into podcasting. That was the next step for me. I wanted to start doing conferences and live shows. So I'm really excited and I hope this works. Yeah, me too. It works out. Yeah. <laughs> I get to meet every speaker. Right. The entire conference is just you speaking. Just me. And I get to yeah. meet everybody. I get to meet in person. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm I'm so excited. It's going to be great. I get if, to find out how it, tall everybody is. If it's just me and you hanging out, that's awesome. <laughs> It'll be great. And then TJ walks up. That's how He's I like, imagine Did you just plan this for us three to play Smash Bros? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> this was fun. Thank you, Josh, as always, for being here. Uh, thank you all for listening. 100 episodes are in the book. We got the two-year anniversary special coming up very shortly. Yeah, that's right. Two parties going on at the same wow. time. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. And remember, theology is for everyone, so keep on studying. Yeah. Also, contact Francis Chan. Have signed a petition to join Whole Church. <laughs> that too. <laughs>